0: Sit back in your seats. Get something to eat. The watch this movie. Don't let the kids see it. Well,
1: then let, we'll let you hear the, the, um, the Thank you. Hello and welcome to Left of the Projector. I am your host Evan. Back again with another film discussion from the left. I'm happy to announce that you can now sign up and be a paid subscriber to the show directly from Spotify so you can just pop on there and support the show. Also, if you would be so kind as to smash that ratings button on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening to this show right now. As always, you can follow the show on TikTok and Instagram at left of the projector pod. Enjoy the show. All right, we will get into the conversation this week on yet another '90s movie, *Demolition Man*. And to uh, talk about it with me, I have Sarah Despair and Costume and Costume Whimsy. How are you doing? Thanks for joining. Uh,
2: having having a good night so far.
1: Good night so far. Yes. Well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you both are here to talk about this movie. I was saying in uh, in prior while well, we were discussing this movie uh, offline, and this movie came out in the early '90s. You know, during like Stallone's sort of comeback, he kind of had a bunch of duds in the late 80s. This was kind of his comeback. And so, you know, I think this movie um, kind of personifies like the action movie you would get at this time. So I don't know. I mean, you both, I think, said you saw it when you were pretty young. So,
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, This one was in syndication a lot on cable television. So uh, I saw it a lot just sort of in passing. I think over the air television, too, now that I think about it.
0: We uh yeah. ran the VHS out on this twice. <laughs> just, just to let you guys know. Yeah, I was ten when the movie came out, so yeah, I watched this movie it it, it got no competition whatsoever. We watched this movie Anytime the TV was on when it first came out to VHS, so wow, yeah, yeah that's, like, that's awesome. I literally did not have to do very much. I fast forwarded through most of like the 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 fighting scenes because I remember them almost blow for blow because I you know I have a lot of siblings, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you be Wesley Snipes, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's funny. I saw that I, I was eleven when this came out, so pretty young as well, and. A friend of mine had a like a movie theater birthday party, and it was like a very inappropriate movie to take a ten year old to or eleven year old. And my mom didn't want me to go, but she I convinced her that it was okay. And <laughs> probably you know, as at a ten year old, like I feel like I, this is like the friends of ours that would take you to like the movie that your parents wouldn't let you go to. So uh, the,
2: the cool parents, you know <laughs> yes.
1: yes yes for if 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 my mom listens uh i i apologize i I
2: apologize for nothing (laughs) was she gonna do ground you okay (laughs) well it
0: it was actually my parents that started us watching this movie so they they're cool they were cool with it they they didn't censor a lot of what we watched when i was younger though so
2: oh no no i i my parents were the right combination of uh neglectful and wanting to keep me entertained so they just sort (laughs) of threw anything at me and I've, I've seen some stuff I shouldn't have seen as a result
1: <laughs> yeah I mean, we, can, we can start from sort of the beginning of this movie and I think it's sort of funny looking back and I think they zoom ahead to 1996 for some reason I don't know why they chose that mm-hmm. year instead of the year it just came out as this like crime ridden LA hell hole things are just you know on fire everywhere until the cops are there to not really solve any crime they're just there to like I don't know. Give off the impression they're doing something with their money.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> they're, not, they're not really doing a. They're not really doing a thing. Like I. No. I, I, no, not at all. They're not really doing <laughs> It's it's so weird. It's like a. It's kind of like the way. Uh, like conservatives tend to imagine America as being kind of constantly on fire and morally mm-hmm. bankrupt.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, there's, like, that paramilitary imagery when you, like, the first thing. Like, it's flying in on a helicopter, and he's wearing the beret, and he's got the full, you know, Black Ops gear on, and it's like, go, cops, go! Like, immediately starting out with with the movie, it's just like, everything's on fire, but still go, cops, go. It was very weird. It was a weird juxtaposition of just, like you're not very effective so why are you so cool like why are you trying to give me this impression he's so effective except he destroys everything in between him and the objective
1: (laughs) it kind of reminds me of um like beverly hills cop where like everything always like blows up too and ironically later sandra bullock's character has like a lethal weapon poster in her office which i I yep
0: yep i saw that too i was like ah
1: yeah, her her like little like shrine to the uh, you know late '90s is actually pretty awesome. I wish I had all that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but but so yeah, so the the initial kind of the I guess the laying up the uh, plot is you have you know uh, Sylvester Stallone's character is the paramilitary paramilitary cop character, and he's going after like the I don't know the quote unquote villain of the time. You know Wesley Snipes' character. Simon and they he mistakenly blows up a bunch of people which they kind of just kind of gloss past I mean they explain it but there's like oh just another cop causing unforeseen damage
2: well if I remember the movie correctly that those hostages being killed were the reason they froze him in the first place yes yes, yeah yeah Uh, but later in the movie that does get addressed if I remember correctly
0: yeah it does during the car fight scene Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> the,
2: the best time to resolve some moral quandaries is right before you're yeah. about to
0: throw somebody <laughs> out of a car. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm I'm the reason you've lost most of your life. Goodbye.
1: Well, what's so what's so? I think I commented before. What's so funny is the cop, you know, Sylvester Stallone's character actually going to the their version of prison is like the it being a cop. It's like so rare that they actually get punished. So it's almost uh, almost refreshing, literally, because he gets frozen. They
2: had to do it in, like, the most cartoonish sci-fi facility that I've ever seen. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Like I said, it it had to be optics. It had to be. That was the only reason why they did it. It was, like, the same reason why they arrest the random cop. If it gets too much media attention, then obviously they have to go to jail. So there was too many bodies, too many unexplained deaths, right to jail, you know? Yeah. So... And, that's, and I think that's the only reason why, like if it had been just the building and maybe a few, pe- few people even, they probably wouldn't have put him in cryostasis, but thank goodness they did so he could save the day 30 years later. <laughs> and, what, and what if the
2: situation had never come about? You just right. in an ice cube that knows how to knit. <laughs>
1: And yeah, they mentioned like the the thing that I noted that you know, I've heard before is they say like they're going to use synaptic suggestion while they're in as their rehabilitation. So like they've now mastered the ability to actually rehabilitate someone, kind of just admitting yes, that like absolutely. the other part's not real.
0: So here's yes. the creepy, creepy thing that I picked up on while that well, because you had mentioned that and I was like, oh, my God, because he mentions at the dinner that he has like recurring nightmares and stuff. And since they control their brainwaves and shit, that means that somebody programmed in his prison sentence that he had to relive explosions and death constantly. So that's just character.
1: Right. Perhaps. Right. Cause they're, they're, they're conscious is what they learn as yeah. opposed to being completely unconscious, which is mm-hmm. disgusting.
2: Yeah. It's kind of horrifying to think about. I mean, it, yeah. it implies they're kind of experimenting on those prisoners. If mm-hmm. they're doing stuff like that that they just don't mention really also <laughs> on a, on the realm of
1: come on, are you kidding me so this it, the, the beginning of the movie is nineteen ninety six and yet they have these like fancy cryogenic presumably they're like just starting to use it, so like the cops budget not only has all the cop stuff but then they also have this cryogenic freezing thing
0: but the rest of l a is trashed <laughs> yeah. Like they can't even keep their streets clean at, of cars from burning, but they sure do have the top-notch facility to freeze people.
2: No, of course, of course. Yeah.
1: This this movie in general reminds me so much of the aesthetics of the movie RoboCop, which I did in an early episode, because oh. you have the cops have all like all well, that in that movie. It's a little different because the cop like literally are owned by a company, so it's really huh. that merging. But it feels very similar <laughs> in this too because the cops once they. Snap forward. I know, I'm kind of skipping around a little bit, but once they snap forward to the future in this movie and Devolition Man, the cops have this crazy facility, but there's no crime. What do they right. need this this whole facility for?
0: And I actually noted their cops. The cops seem to be written by someone who didn't understand how to fit them into a society that didn't need them anymore, and that was super obsolete. So they made them almost caricatures of what it would be like to have to guard just nothing.
1: Yeah. Like a mall cop.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, that's essentially, that's essentially what they are at this point. Everything has basically been turned into a giant mall, and they're just basically making sure there's no pickpockets or shoplifters. That's their whole job. A lot of people need
0: salt.
2: Oh yeah. Or, or or, or that, (laughs) (laughs) but like, but they go, they go into great detail to show that like they use technology to enforce a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, like uh swearing machines for example mm-hmm. uh or the anti graffiti walls
1: yeah it's it's amazing the, the money they spent on the anti graffiti wall meanwhile <laughs> meanwhile there are people starving literally underground <laughs>
0: it barely works literally starving underground and yeah like it it literally it like i said it felt like so if I was going to, if, if it was me personally going to write a script about like the future is so advanced that no one does real crime anymore and there's not really a lot of violence, having that big of a police force with that big of a center involved would not be the first thing that I would have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially because a lot of those cops don't even, they don't even do patrols because patrols are unnecessary. Right. Like, they're, they're just
1: standing yeah. around.
0: <laughs> yeah so like literally it's it 's like someone who could not envision what a world would be like without the necessity of the same kind of props that we have now
1: right right yeah
0: yeah, yeah.
2: they just can 't picture not having somebody with a stick patrolling yeah,
0: yeah.
2: that's that 's interesting that is interesting to think about yeah, yeah. And, and and
1: I hate to I, I feel like I have to mention another sort of like parallel in my brain to Robocop is in. RoboCop you have like they build this like future city and all like the mm-hmm. poor people are just kind of like pushed in the outskirts and they're like, making it seem like it's a facade of like uh, of a crime free happy city and I feel like it's the same in this they have these fancy cars and city and then they just kind of pushed all the the poor people down down below.
2: Hmm. So kind of like they gentrified.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, RoboCop is like ultimate gentrification. I guess in this it's no different too, right? I mean, but there's a in this it's there's a they say there's an earthquake in 2010 uh, that presumably Mm -hmm. destroys most of society, but it's it's weird to me. They don't like I'd love to hear like how it this doctor took over. Like that's never really you don't really get that backstory.
0: Yeah, they do mention that he did invent cryostasis, right? So like so my my thought process when I was try- when'cause because I was trying to stick mostly with the dialogue, which wasn't there's not very much dialogue to be honest with you is that um like he when he when everything was falling apart, he was one of the only people who had facilities and science to like save people from the catastrophe, so he was one of the only people who had the power to do like to reconstruct things and he kind of just authoritarianized himself and just like walked up in there. Pretty uh-huh. much. Like that's the like the assumption anyway that I got from it because it was like so brief. He's like when the her when when the catastrophe hit, I you know, it if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't have a society today. And it was yeah. literally that quick that he, he explains it. And it like you know, and he's he does mention again that he was the one who helped facilitate the cryo facilities and stuff like that. So like, that's I mean, it's just it's in that's all I can infer. But that's seems like that's how he got control over everything.
1: He he clothing he, he didn't get control over the clothing though, because no. the, the clothing is very interesting.
0: Does yeah the, the the decision to have um. Him and his assistant be wearing mostly, like, Japanese-inspired clothing, right? Yeah. But then all the rest of the aristocrats are wearing something that is very similar to 90s fashion.
1: Yeah, you're right. I had to... was interesting.
0: It's really weird. That's something... So, like, that's part of the reason why my name is Costume Whimsy. I'm really into, like, fashion history and stuff. And, like, the cuts of the clothing and everything about the clothing from the aristocrats on down to like the police officers are, v- it's very nineties,
1: very baggy, it's
0: very, very, very nineties. Even Wesley Snipes new clothes, you know, all that stuff. It's very reminiscent. It's, it's almost pre matrix in in yeah. the style of how their clothing is. And then, but then you got, you know, like the dinnerware was all very nineties, the short dresses and the, bubble look and stuff like that. You see it in um Austin Powers when they <laughs> yeah. re what like what the sixties look like. It it's the same kind of thing. But like for some reason also Kratot has and his assistant are wearing Japanese full guards. So it doesn't it doesn't mesh well. What? I don't know who decided that. Well that kind of that, Well that kind of <laughs> makes a
1: little bit of sense, like the Japanese idea where I feel like his philosophy even though it's not really like fleshed out is this sort of like clean style like the the fancy taco bell which we which is very funny so it's almost like yeah. the Japanese garb kind of makes sense in a, like a weird culturally appropriating way
0: yeah but you were uh, go ahead sorry uh,
2: I, I was gonna say um having kind of lived to the 80s and 90s I sort of remember how a lot of people dressed it was not was not unusual for rich people to put on some sort of dress uh, some sort of clothes they thought were interesting literal cultural appropriation in this Mm. but like at the time i think in the 90s specifically there was kind of an uptick in uh uh, there was an uptick in the amount of business japan was doing and i think Mm -hmm. that maybe was subconsciously reflected in this movie
0: well there was one thing that i did note as far as the garb was concerned and that was when wesley snipes escapes the museum which I don't know if you want to continue to like go down the plot, uh, Evan, because I don't want to mess things up for you on that.
1: I mean, so at this point, I mean, we kind of like cover, I guess, the the point where they're you know they've they've uh, right. they brought out um, you know uh, so Professor Sloan's character. He's now mm-hmm. been unfrozen. He's you know the whole like there's lots of like the joking of him adapting to the you know the time and you know they're. He's this crazy, you know, lewd person who can't be, you know, he's kept the little little cursing machines, keep, you know, spitting out tickets and all that. So I guess from there, I mean, you were talking about the clo. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, right after that is when um he, they, they're like, where is he going to go next? And the computer analyzes completely wrong
1: <laughs> right.
0: that he's going to go start a drug ring. <laughs> Which is also super, <laughs> super... Uh, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly what it's, I was gonna it's say. Ex, it's extremely racist. And then after oh. that it's and then he's like and then Sylvester Salon's like, no, he's gonna go look for a gun and the the police chief's like, the only place you can get a gun is a museum, right? Okay. So we we got there. Okay, so like Wesley Snipes, of course, busts out of the museum after Epic Fight number two. And um he uh He runs across, like, gets out of there and runs across uh, Krato and his, uh, I hope I'm saying that guy's name right, and his assistant on the lawn, right?
1: yes, yep.
0: Krato is wearing entirely white, which is really interesting if he's adhering to Japanese culture because white means death. It's why they use it in the end scene of Kill Bill Volume 1. It's why they use it yeah it's 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 a visual cue of death so basically cleverly and i don't know because it feels this movie feels so much like three people were directing it (laughs) because (laughs) this scene this scene was just such a good foreshadowing of what's gonna happen to that guy right right there yeah that's true gun you get the scene You've got the cowering assistant, you've got him all in white and hitting the gun right at him, right? So you've got this amazing just snapshot picture of you know what's going to happen at the end of this movie. Like, you know. Oh, You're doing yeah. some of it. But, like, again, it's just so janky the way that it, that they put it together sometimes that it was just like, was that meant to be? Or did they accidentally do that, right? Like, was it something that they intentionally put him all in white with his first interaction with Wesley Snipes specifically to, to represent that? Or was it just like an aesthetic choice that some random costume designer decided to make and they didn't realize the kind of like, you know, connotation to it? Like that was, an, that was one of the interesting wardrobe choices that I definitely noticed. Um
1: Go ahead. oh Sorry. so 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 uh, so I want to add something that maybe makes all of this kind of make sense so mm-hmm. the director of the movie mm-hmm. was uh, Marco Brambilla from Bia yeah. uh, an Italian director this is one of only two movies he ever directed and his history oh. is actually as a Canadian born I'm just like going from Wikipedia he basically was like known for his works from MoMA and other museums as a contemporary artist and film director so and he's he he also is known for recontextualizations of popular and found imagery so it makes perfect sense so he you you, so you're definitely i mean it had to be on purpose given the kind of person
0: that's awesome then i'm glad i picked up on that
1: (laughs) and the only other movie he directed was excess baggage which is kind of funny to me
0: i've never seen that movie Neither mm-hmm. of mine. I'll yeah, have to it's it. it's a it's, yeah, a, a, it's
1: it. a um it was like a it was right after Clueless. It was like riding on Alicia Silverstone sort of. Oh, thing. Alicia
0: Silverstone's in it.
1: Mm-hmm. And Benicio del Toro. Oh
0: my god, I have to watch that. Ooh.
1: I I think, think, now I'm interested. I think yeah, um, sure. I think uh, also Christopher Walken might be in it too. It's like a crime comedy where she gets like kidnapped or kind of thing, like a uh, you know. Um, well, anyway. That That's a whole other thing. But the fact that okay. this was directed by someone who clearly has art in mind tells right. me that all of the choices, it also makes more sense, like, thinking of, like, a runway kind of show, like, all the different garb kind of fits.
0: Yeah, the minimalist food, the, the, the signage, all of that stuff, that makes a lot more sense.
2: And the severe architecture of everything, yeah. including yeah. the chairs, that's actually, um, fascist architecture is uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, a key feature of fascist architecture is that making everything uncomfortable.
0: <gasps>
2: Interesting. Oh my God. It, so yeah, basically,
0: uh, Oh, oh go ahead. that's cool. Sorry. No, I was just that's, I'm marveling at that.
2: Yeah. I, I, I watched a, a couple YouTube videos on the subject and late like, specifically in places where fascism really took hold. They, they were designing chairs that would not let you be comfortable. Uh, and the whole design was that they would be sagging down. So you constantly had to be balancing. Oh
0: wow. huh. And then
2: when you stood up, it would like spring you up out of the chair as if to simulate like, all right, I'm up and ready to go. Mm.
1: That that actually reminds me of earlier when, uh, or, um, when they're talking about the chips that are implanted and Stallone's character is saying how it's like mm-hmm. fascist, you know, which is kind of uh, ironic coming from a cop, but uh, he's like calling <laughs> like the whole like thing where they're tracking people fascist. But you look at the whole society and is that kind of what they're doing? Is that, would you then say yeah. that, like their whole kind of structure of society is this fascistic trope?
2: I mean, yeah, uh, uh, definitely authoritarian, very much fascist. Uh Certainly. Yeah, I was going to say, even going back to the architecture, think of the three seashells, mm-hmm. a utility designed to make people feel uncomfortable. But yeah, even in the way they perceive, there's like only the one fast food restaurant, right? Yes. It's explicitly Taco Bell, and therefore Taco Bell becomes a place where influential people hang out. Yeah, yeah.
0: My thought processes on it was that this was written by someone who thought that fascism would come on the coattails of communism by the way that they write the society in general.
2: I, I guess maybe because,
0: because of the docility of the the people really is like what the most like that's what incurs the most imagery for me just because of the fact that you, you you know when the right speaks on the left they speak of, of them as being simultaneously stupid and aggressive and docile and you know
2: yeah.
0: docile and aggressive stupid and smart like there's this dichotomy and it the juxtaposition of it is uncomfortable enough for you to be like that's that doesn't make any sense well this is kind of felt like that in movie form to me like the argument of that because it was very much a fascist regime but everyone was happy
1: right and kind of and like and didn't didn't understand really what was happening yeah. they were just happy to be
0: naive yeah. and docile and yeah so like that's that's where that's where like i started watching this and i was like man this is definitely what someone who is right wing thinks is is how fascism will inter introduce itself.
1: Well, and there's also what's the, another character that I find that kind of fits into that is the, um, uh, Sandra Bullock's uh, Huxley's, I don't know the other officer who's basically used the black officer. Or no, he wasn't black; Latino, uh, Garcia. Yes. he's like constantly. Alfredo. Yes, Alfredo Garcia. He sort of has this, like he doesn't. He's very very naive about everything and then at the mm-hmm. end he's like joking like he's cursing because he's like all of a sudden yeah. he's seen the you know seen the light or something seeing yes. the
2: light of misbehaving and violating social norms i'm really <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i, I don't uh, see the society as actually being happy at all they they constantly have to mind their language lest the swearing machine go off and they have to pay a small fine i mean right uh like pretty much everything is engineered towards thinking about how you appear in Demolition Man. It's very it, like even to the point of well, we can't touch each other. That would look too dirty. That would be weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also interesting because when when the little machine, then they also mention how there's no money. Everything is like computer chipped. So it is sort of also this kind of like a post money society in in some sense too, <laughs> where. Or, or maybe there yeah. is. I mean, there is still social status because they when they go to Taco Bell, there's like super fancy cars out front. So clearly, there's still, you know, very wealthy. And then obviously, the very poor.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, it's clear that there is some consumption culture in this in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Are you boggled?
2: well yeah 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 there's all kinds of brand consciousness and stuff especially centering around taco bell being the one thing you know Mm -hmm. it's clear that consumer culture is still alive and well The demolition man
1: well they also oh go ahead sorry no you go ahead i was
0: gonna say the only entertainment that they have is like commercials (laughs) yes yes (laughs) yes yes,
1: exactly exactly that's literally like all they can speak of is commercial society from the 90s
2: yeah. It, 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 they're so bereft of culture. It, it, you kind of see this in Star Trek, too. They're so bereft of culture that the only thing they can go to to entertainment is to look to the past. Uh, it sort of echoes like how Captain Picard and the rest of the TNG would go into space and then recreate in the holodeck pasts from Earth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I never thought of it that way because it is very much, I kinda, I always sort of like in my head, like, okay, well, this was made in the late eighties, early nineties. That's what they're leaning towards. But yes, you're right. I mean, they don't have, that's their entertainment. They don't really talk about having TV. You mm-hmm. know, There is no TV really. Uh, right. Well, uh, they
2: don't, I don't, unless they're like, actually. unless they're
1: like researching or like watching some historical something. Uh, um, yeah. What was I gonna say about the um, about the other part? I forget what it was. Oh, well. So the know. oh, so you're talking about the commercial, like uh, you know, the consumerism. So Sandra Bullock, um, her characters' office and home are both filled with like this nostalgia. Obviously, she had to recreate or buy them, or I don't know. Like, do you go to like the memorabilia shop down at the mm-hmm. you know? Uh, San Fran, L.A., whatever they call the city now.
2: Uh San Angeles. San Angeles, police. yes, yeah.
1: right. So it's clearly they're clearly very stuck in the past. Um,
2: Is it legal for her to have all those things? Because they never really no. got into it.
1: Well, in her
0: office, oh, they not. say it's not right. No, it's not. They they say that it, it violates specific codes, but they look the other way.
2: Oh, okay. So just more cop shit. Yeah.
0: So yeah.
1: So if you're a cop, you can. Get away okay. with whatever you want. All right.
2: So then, uh, there has to be a black market for this sort of thing, right?
0: Well, yeah. Where do you think they got the hamburger from?
2: I mean, come on.
0: <laughs>
2: McDonald's. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's still applies. Taco
0: Bell. Taco well, Bell.
1: Well, so you know what's funny is that I, 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 I read that when this movie came out in uh, other countries, they didn't know what Taco Bell was, so they changed it to Pizza Hut. I don't know how the they Pizza did Hut. that. Like they how got they. The Taco
0: Bell?
1: Yeah, they don't. They don't use Taco Bell in the European release. Apparently, I'd love they to got see the that.
0: Combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell.
1: Well, I think they just. I think they just change it to completely just being Pizza Hut somehow.
0: Yeah, I know that's that's a soundbite from TikTok, dear. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm
1: gonna. I'm gonna no, I'm, I was I'm gonna, lost I'm gonna, too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit oh that my part god. out.
0: Pizza, the Pizza Hut and Taco Bell thing. Oh my god! That's terrible
2: uh we we have uh we have had for a while especially where i live we have uh taco Bell and frozen yogurt places
0: <laughs>
2: they, like
0: <laughs> we get the k f c and taco Bell a lot
2: ooh oh no, we don't have
0: oh yeah uh, Anyways.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so the um well so you were i guess you were at the point where i mean you were talking about the the scene after they've he's stolen the guns and he's in the museum. And I think this mm-hmm. is the point of the movie. It's about middle way, I guess where now we start mm-hmm. to see or understand, or like we're, we know that the, this leader, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. Um, the doctor, he's clearly <laughs> brought back Simon Phoenix for his plan to kill this, um, Edgar friendly, the Dennis Leary character who's later referred to as like, you know, he's going to start a revolution and it would destroy his perfect society. So really like the entire movie is predicated on the fact that they need to quell a revolution.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No, mm. you're right. I, I hadn't quite pieced that bit together. I mean I mean it's kind yeah.
1: of like it's it's there but like they don't it's sort of like the they want because the, obviously the whole thing is Simon Phoenix versus John Spartan like fighting <laughs> throughout the yeah. movie. So they kind of hide that out, but then you know he later he goes down, John Spartan down, he eats his rat burger and he's kind of making peace which is sort of interesting and he even says when he was fighting them he didn't he wouldn't have fought them if he knew they needed food like they're hungry they're yeah. poor people so it's like yeah. the one con- the sort of little moment where he has a conscious
2: yeah, he's I mean John Spartan is kind of according to this movie a really shitty cop
1: very yeah. shitty, very shitty. Yeah, he's,
2: he's incredibly shitty. Not just like incompetent in the real world, shitty, but like even to the purpose of a cop. He will destroy property to save lives. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, maybe he's not a cop at all. Maybe he's just there. <laughs> maybe it may, it may if he'd had a different turn in life, I mean, he'd have been with Edgar Friendly now. Or in that sort of vein, I'm thinking. Or would have been Edgar Friendly. Oh, yeah, or would have been Edgar Friendly. Well, okay, you'd be awful old as Edgar Friendly there is 35 years in between. Right. When he was or a terrible to... cop in the past, and when he was a terrible cop
0: now. Predecessor to Edgar Friendly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I love the the excuse for the muscle car and the chase scene. <laughs> that, was, that was fucking funny. Like, they they... They did everything in their power to insert that car as many times as they could. Oh, they yeah. show it to you yeah. in the museum. They show it to you again uh several times in the museum. There's, they fight on it in the museum. <laughs> well, right?
1: it wouldn't have been funny for them to drive those stupid little Teslas around in like a chase.
0: And well, they did though. Yeah, that I guess was they did. West yeah, West yeah. West was driving.
1: Yeah, that's so, true. like
0: yeah, so like it's so funny though because then they go down down to the underground, right? And you know, Sandra Bullock has just been kind of I I, I like there's so many things I can say about that character. Um, but one of the things, that, like up until that point, she she gets history wrong. Like that that's kind of a running joke is like she gets phrases wrong and sayings wrong, and her idea of what the past actually was is completely fictional. But then they look at this car and she knows the exact fucking specs for it like on the nose and she's like i just did some research right and then i just researched and i'm like wait a minute bitch cuz you've been researching this whole time and getting everything wrong how do you know the specs on this particular car
1: so i have like, a also oh, oh, go ahead
0: go ahead no, i
1: was going to say i have a little a little nugget that i found w- earlier when i was watching it about her character so her name is lieutenant the uh, Lenina Hus- Huxley, so her yeah. ne- her character is named after Aldous Huxley, oh, the author shoot. of the Brave New World,
2: oh, which that's I mean, which right.
1: which makes sense because if you think about the that um, novel, yeah. it's like a dystopian, you know, yes. intelligence, super scientificy kind of thing. So that that's not just an accident. In obviously, they literally named it after. But I feel like the plot kind of like i do say sense. makes makes sense yeah. in relation to that so that must have been I've the inspiration
2: somewhere that the demolition man itself is inspired by brave new world yeah because
1: oh. i know it's a comic right originally
2: brave new world
1: no uh demolition man was it a comic oh
2: that's a good question
1: for some yeah. reason i thought that it was but maybe i just made that up because uh,
2: you, you might be conflating it with judge dread
1: oh okay which which is the sequel as i as i as i joked before to this because yes. it's like you know he they've now they've the, the perfect society has now gone like the other direction they're like <laughs> let's give cops all the power and just be like you're <laughs> you're everything
0: <laughs> well they were supposed to get a little dirty and then a little clean and find the middle and the, apparently all the the cops had all the weapons so well, yeah. well, what's
1: That's funny about the, well, it's funny you said that. I don't know if you were referring to like the ending when, you yes. know, they, oh, right. Yeah. It's like they've, I know we will go back a little bit, but yeah, they've basically, they're like, okay, well, these two ends aren't, aren't so, aren't so good, but yeah, you, you know, we'll, um, we'll let the guy with the rat burgers like back up to the surface.
0: <laughs> so we'll
1: put them on the menu at Taco Bell.
0: So going to- <laughs> I, I enjoy that reference. However, um. I feel like her role was exceedingly downplayed just to make Sylvester Stallone, like, the fucking star of the show for the whole thing, which is fine. But, like, like I said, the intelligence that they give her is is selective at best. And, like, it, it, it upset me because, like, she's just as strong as him, knows the technology better than he does. Like... Honestly, she should have been lead on a lot of that shit. You yeah, she really yeah. should have. She she gets sat on the fucking sidelines for most of it. And she and, and she does it
1: nice, and she doesn't like complain.
0: No, she's just like okay, she you're just so takes cool. it. Well, you're that's so well, cool. that's
1: the docile, cre- you know, like creation that they've made of this society, right? She's just yeah. willing yeah. to just be subservient.
0: Yeah, I just it yeah. it, it, it frustrated me to no end because. She's sitting there in her office frustrated about life, frustrated about how boring everything is and how much it sucks that her job is so boring. And then this this hero cop from the past gets dethawed and all of a sudden she's no longer um this spunky woman who's trying to be a uh, you know a, like a, an a aspiring cop she could be, but she's now got to be like the sidekick to this guy who literally just blows stuff up like it's yeah it's sad to me that was that was one of the things that like i don't remember it being that sad to me and like watching it this time around i was like man bitch that character was way cool could have been way cooler they could have done a lot of a lot of cool stuff with her
2: they really could have done a lot but you're right they went for those goofy little one-off jokes that honestly don't really add anything to the story no Mm -hmm. no they're just kind of they come from this realm like the the, god what's his name uh mel brooks from the mel brooks school of comedy where yeah uh, you kind of have to have a joke every so often otherwise people lose interest for some reason
0: (laughs) oh yeah
1: yeah she definitely is delivering them like these little like one-liners that aren't funny
0: yeah, you can take this job and shovel it.
1: Uh, this isn't an excuse for how they're doing it, but I guess she was, I mean, Sandra Bullock, this was before Speed and some of the, you know, the movies that sort of made her pretty famous. So I, I'm guessing she was cast sort of just to be like the pretty face next to Sylvester Stallone and and that's about it.
0: Right. And like I said, I just, I, it, I found it uber annoying because it was like, she she spent time and effort and research and knew who everybody was. She was the like when the murders first bust out, right? When they're when they're first finding out what 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 the uh code, what what was it, eight three seven or whatever is, mm-hmm. like she's the one who mans the computer. She's the one who figures everything out. It's her idea to defrost stallone's character. Like all of this was her. And then once he is defrosted, she is no longer, um, you know, the focus.
1: Yeah, it was like her entire life was like leading up to this moment and they just like take it away.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just becomes about John Spartan and his traipsing through San <laughs> Angeles, destroying everything. Destroying everything. Yeah. 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 It is weird, though, because like it gets to the end and they kind of go, well, he destroyed everything. Did he really? Like he destroyed a lot of things, but at the end, like he basically just threw a car into a water fountain at the end and they went
0: everything's destroyed. <laughs> well, the car' is
1: fine, right Did it have like a weird foam that like protects the foam, you
0: but yeah. the the foam stuff was at, like after i mean the foam stuff hey. was before that but but before the the final fight so.
1: yeah, that's true, that's right, that's right. The foam, that was, the foam that stuff was, was earlier. Was,
0: yeah, the phone stuff was pre him going to confront um the the, the leader about his plans and everything. It's the the, site, the it's the fight before the final fight. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, yes. That's part of the car chase scene.
1: <laughs> so, apparently I'm adding another note. So, apparently not only was it sort of loosely allusions to A Brave New World, apparently I've never read this story, but it was also alluded to was the sleeper awakes which is an h.g wells movie or sorry movie book novel about a man who sleeps for 203 years and he wakes up in like a new london that's transformed so it's a similar like he has horror like he apparently was dreaming the whole time so it's another interesting thing because they add in the thing about how he has his they're forcing them to relive nightmares so yeah it's very... That is
2: still really interesting. Like the whole, the whole re-education technology is terrifying to think of in the first place.
1: Well, and mm-hmm. the, and they were able to give Wesley Snipes like new powers, so it's almost yeah. like they're they can genetically engineer you because oh, yeah. there's
2: and no pregnancy. Can board you into a soldier
0: or a a crafty knitter? One of one of the two? Yeah. I, the weird selections, like the, it,
2: ostensibly the thing's supposed to be like job training, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what job is he going to get in the future that involves knitting?
1: <laughs> he can, knit. I,
2: I, 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 I mean, I don't know, I don't know exactly what the consumer culture looks like, but like, it's a rational stuff. It's knitting, it's craft, it's all hobbies instead of you know oh. job skills. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. You never really, you don't get a sense of like what other people in society do Like somehow like they've built these like fanatic, fantastic, skyscrapers that all look you know like sleek and shiny and have all nice apartments like the cop had a pretty nice apartment you know
2: oh yeah Uh, everybody the only jobs we've seen in this movie are cop and taco bell employee
0: yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah. oh
0: no no. also also
2: lounge singer lounge singer oh yes you're right. You're right. Yeah. So they have lounge singers, Taco Bell employees, yeah. and cops. Those are the only three oh. jobs in San Oh, wait, Angeles. wait,
0: wait. Wait, wait. There's more. There's oh. security guards and patrons are like um, curators of the museum.
1: Too. Yeah. They have the people oh, okay. walking around, I think. Right. Yeah. Well,
0: okay. They have, All right. They we have don't... two whole security guards and one curator. <laughs> we, Which one we... of the security guards, just cops?
2: <laughs> i they... power them down even more.
0: Uh, I don't know. They don't get a Tesla.
1: They, <laughs> no, no. They,
2: they, they don't get they a stun get, rod. They have to call it, the real
0: cops. <laughs> yeah, they get shot after telling him to increase his calm. Like it's it's terrible. Well,
1: and the one other thing we didn't mention, which I think is super funny, is when Wesley Snipes' character, you know, first goes into one of those sort of phone boosts. It's sort of like an affirmation chamber where doesn't it like read you things about yourself? Yes. It's this very. <laughs> it's super weird. <laughs>
0: You you give everyone joy joy feelings.
1: It's like the opposite <laughs> of the one in Futurama, which is like the suicide booth.
2: Right. Oh god, I forgot about Maybe the that affirmation was, uh, Too too, too dark. Oh oh no, it's fine. If it were too dark, they wouldn't have led with it in season <laughs> one, episode one. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> that's true. Here's here's something that that actually was pretty interesting to me too. Is like they eliminated physical contact. Right. Like they weren't used to physical contact. It was it was. Reiterated over and over again how physical contact led to like diseases and a lot of other stuff. So they eliminated it It It's pretty legal actually Um, One of the things that we know scientifically now, which I don't know if they knew then is that you can actually become Touch-starved as human beings so like That entire society is is Just run on these booths that tell them that they're okay while simultaneously existing touch-starved like yeah, oh, they're ver- very, very, re- very
1: repressed. The whole society.
0: Yeah, it it sounds pretty miserable. Like,
2: and then, then the simulation is like these VR helmets. It's unclear exactly what was going on.
0: Yeah, it's like VR, but she explains it as like, um, I don't know, some kind of wave that connects them, and that's why when he takes it off, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> like,
2: yeah. It's just, I mean, look; those, those helmets sound great. <laughs> don't get me That's wrong; it. I'm very curious, but like, does that does that touch surf thing? I wonder. Like, no. is that the adequate replacement?
0: No. And the, the the scene is so funny when she sets it up too, because she hands him this towel and she pats his leg, like, "There you go." <laughs> it's so funny. Like, if if you if you don't know what's going on, you don't get it, right? And yeah. then. Once you've seen the movie a few times, the way she delivered that was just perfection. Hilarious. Just hilarious. Like, that scene was worth every bit of a lot of shit that you watched in this show. Like, oh, my God, that was so funny. Yeah, no, actually, VR does not actually help with, with t- touch starvation. We found this out during this pandemic, actually.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I, guess you, I guess you'd need more than just the force feedback, huh? I was, th- I was thinking these particular helmets because it seems like to connect the erogenous zones or whatever or right it it does science at your brain and somehow it's orgasmic that's the best explanation right science yeah. is your brain <laughs> science fucks your brain <laughs> oh, so that's the other job, the people who make the science fucking helmets there you go yeah all the, oh dog. wait,
1: the people who worked at the uh the cryo facility
2: oh, oh, oh. yeah, oh. <laughs> scientists oh there's nine jobs i'm starting to see how the society is possible
1: <laughs> well i mean presumably someone built those like skyscrapers i'm assuming you know there's like you know it's like uh the hard labor you know the the working class people are like doing all the work but they don't get to live in these they're probably living underground in that that's
0: what i'm saying that's what i was about to say they probably left after those those buildings were made, because they made all the laws about not even being able to eat salt on your food.
1: Yeah, I mean the thing about the the underground, you know, um, society is, or the I don't want to call it society, yes, yeah, society, whatever you want to say, the underground world is. They from from when the ups the 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 version that they give you when you're up on the top is, you know, they they left because they didn't want to be part of our, you know, fancy society, and I guess they kind of do agree they don't want to live in this. Manufactured world, so they're there on their own accord. They're not actually cast out. Or do you do you that? Do you think that's not? Tr- what do you think is true? Uh, are they forcibly removed, or they actually are leaving on their own accord? Uh,
2: my person, I, I I think they're, uh, I think they are forcibly removed. Like. Okay. And- Like, in the way gentrification forcibly removes people, like, you're allowed to live there, but they will harass you until you leave so they can
0: do what they want
1: with the land. Right, right. They're probably getting too many, you know, credit violations and like, well, you can either just reform or leave.
0: I think it's a bit of column A and column B, right? Yeah. Like, I think some of them probably left just they didn't want to exist in that society, period. Um, I think maybe even some people... Um, depending on how long the underground society existed for uh probably lived their whole lives underground, yeah, and then you kids. have mhm-, and then you have and then you have people who, like you guys said, were failed by the system repeatedly and decided they were going to leave like um and then I think that there are a few that were. Force, but honestly, because of the way, because there is police, because the police exist, and because the cryo facility still exists, right? Mm-hmm. There has to be some crimes where the the cryo facility is necessary in order to have refreezing things still exist.
1: Right, right. They're because not, they would,
0: yeah, they would only need storage if it, if it was never going to be used. So you have to think that they probably fled there before being frozen but some people who would have escaped to the underground are actually frozen
1: well and another little thing i noticed too is the underground is the only place in the movie where you see a child because yeah. presumably they're still having children you know the old-fashioned way not not in a tube in the uh you know their that
2: is interesting i hadn't thought about that mm-hmm. the, yeah you don't really see a kid anywhere else because you know they grow them in labs mm-hmm.
1: but they still have to exist i guess they have nannies i guess that's a job
2: it, it, go ahead.
0: Well, that's a reference. The science behind how they grow the children is very brave new world.
1: Exactly. Yep. Very much. That so. is
2: true. I, so, I, I bet they probably raise them the exact same way, you know, well, with, the, with the conditioning chambers and all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there's, so that means that there's so much more implication to like that. You had to understand an inference from this movie solely based on preset knowledge that we didn't know we were supposed to have during the time. It's right. very interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause I don't think a lot of people like even picked up on that because again, it presents itself as that nineties action movie. And it, it like, it pre- like, and like I said, it feels feels like several people directed it. Some of it doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of plot holes, but like there's not if you know where to inference where the where the tech and where the the idea for this society came from to begin with.
1: Yeah, which is kind of a failure if you think about it from a, you know, the this is the director's first movie. And you need to, I mean, you don't have to, obviously you don't have to give like an entire backstory, but it does feel like kind of a bunch of, an amalgamation of a bunch of like little bits, which I mean, that's how movies are. You know, you're pulling from other, you know, content, of course. But yeah, it feels a little disjointed.
0: I wonder if that's because Sylvester Stallone had more creative... I'll almost guarantee it, a
2: lot of those little gaps are Stallone puckery. He, he's got a reputation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that I thought about while we, while I was watching it this time around is, like, why does this not make sense? Like, is it because of this or is it because of Stallone not liking it? Like... Well,
2: whatever that means, they probably cut out some of the things that explain these weird little mysteries and plot holes. And then, of course, it's the 90s, where people were like, plot holes, whatever. Who cares? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just watch the movie. Eat your popcorn, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely not as. I mean, it's in, in my mind, like, I, I keep bringing back Robocop just because I love that movie. But I feel like mm-hmm. that movie. Makes sense in its it's sort of like the world that it created. It kind of has this. It makes sense. I feel like the the because it is a future movie. You know, he's um or I guess it's not really future. It's semi future. Whereas just, this, yeah, is it no?
0: It's um, there's only ten years before there we're supposed to be in that future.
1: Right. Okay. That's right. Okay. So and, and that's the other thing too about Demolition Man is that the the time jump is like fairly small. They easily mm-hmm. or could have made it larger, and it, you know, it's one of those things like you know, Back to the Future. They only go thirty years in the future, and now they have flying cars. And this, it's thirty six or seven years. Yeah, it's it's kind it's of not. it's kind of weird. They could have gone further.
2: Yeah, uh, the the tech uh, the tech skip uh, or, or the tech ex- uh, time rate feels kind of like how Back to the Future everything was super <laughs> uh, was super futuristic in a relatively short period of time. Mhm yeah uh, I think it i I think that was i don't know I, that might have just been a thing that happens in ninety movies I'm not nineties sh- movies, I'm not sure,
1: yeah, I think so, probably they just were like, okay, we need to look cool
2: yeah it, it also goes back to the way they used to foresee the future in i'm trying to think of what they are those old uh those old future informational films or educational mm-hmm. films uh mm-hmm. like tomorrowland from Disneyland, for example yeah. we've yes. mhm. Yeah, uh, they always have this incredibly optimistic opinion of what we're gonna do, mm-hmm. you know, or, or how future tech is always gonna go. It's that's an interesting thought. I that is an interesting phenomenon I hadn't noticed.
0: Yeah, so um, one of the things that I I took note about because I was very like because I was remembering all the tech that they had had, and I was like, I forgot what year it had been that they had fast forwarded to, but um, I knew it was not too far you know um but one of the things that i noticed is that you know for it to have even like had foundation the tech was way far advanced for even 1996 like they they presumed and i think that might be evan when you said why do they go
1: to 96
0: why do they go to 96 um because they have to have a suspension of a little bit of disbelief that this kind of programming would have existed three years from then also also this was an era of time i don't know if you guys uh, are familiar with like some of the weird conspiracy theories about like famous people um and them being alive still but this was a big time for like they froze famous people that's why they they you know they're still alive they're going to come back from the dead that's where that futurama stuff comes from yeah a lot of that stuff frozen stuff so like this was a big era for that, and I think that might be part of the reason why um they they pushed that narrative so hard, but it was very interesting, like that the tech itself, the foundational tech itself, had to exist in order for the future to even get to that point as early as nineteen
1: ninety six right so no, that's that's a good I think that's a good theory because I do remember some of the whole you know, people weren't dead, and they're yeah. frozen in the whole thing.
0: Yeah, it it was a really weird. The '90s were weird, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: you could just you could just do anything in a movie.
0: You could, man. Yeah, you
1: could have Sandra Bullock uh, a couple of years after this in that movie, The Net, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever.
0: Uh, <laughs> ugh. hackers.
1: Yeah,
2: yes.
0: Carrot Top can be a CEO. Sandra Bullock can be a hacker. Anything's possible. Yes. Oh my god. So, well, let's see. I have another. Let's see if we have any more. Do you have any more notes that you'd like to talk about?
1: I feel like every conversation that like Sandra Bullock would have with Sylvester Stallone would be very well. And those are the one time I feel like where she did get like a little bit of their dialogue because there isn't that much, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I have any other specific notes. No. So yeah, if you have some others,
0: the last thing I wrote, I think. Well, there's two things that are wrong here, was that they had, they basically gave us a big plot loop kind of situation. Um, and the the thing that was interesting to me was like, so Sylvester Stallone delivers the line at the end that Wesley Snarp- Snipes delivers at the beginning, which is, is it cold in here or is it just me? Right. And, like, that was really obvious. But one of the things that I noticed that I don't think I, re- I noticed until I watched it this time around is by the end of the first fight, Wesley Snipes says, I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. And at the end of Demolition Man, Sylvester Stallone freezes him and kicks his head off his shoulders.
1: Yeah. yeah oh, that's wow. Good. that's yeah. That's a good callback.
0: So, like... It it literally was like this full circle to the end. They could have ended the movie right then. They didn't have to add the weirdness at the end where it's like let's hold hands and ya. Like yeah. if they wanted to leave it ambiguous, that would have been the best way to do that. I, in my uh, opinion, I I agree, I agree.
1: I agree. I yeah. I like ambiguous endings where you're like kind of yeah. don't know what happens.
0: i I do too but that was such a janky way to do it because it ended up becoming super centrist when all this time we were talking about like we shouldn't let people starve authoritarianism is bad like all of these themes and even more so now that we know the book references and then it's all of a sudden well you hold hands with him and we're gonna sing songs together
2: I think that's a I think that's a product of like just the nineties need for a happy ending
1: yeah it
2: uh, feel it feels like executive interference asserting that sort of thing, you know, just to say well you you have to have an ending where everybody comes together at the end, otherwise people will figure out what communism is I don't know what they were worried about,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right i mean i thinking back of like nineties movies especially they're always always have that Um Ugh.
2: Not just the happy ending, but the romance ending where the um, main guy you've been seeing and the main lady you've been seeing finally smash pelvises together
0: that has always that kiss those kisses have always grossed me out because Sylvester Salone is so much older than her <laughs> it it's unsettling and and yes.
1: why did he have to do like the the v j day Times square kiss
0: right like the bending her over and stuff
2: like what it, yeah they didn't need to dip her in the street like it, the whole ending serves no point other than just to hit these weird social norms that we have yeah the right. guy
1: like curses she gets to kiss somebody and i don't know taco bell's going to expand she has
0: to <laughs> yeah jinkies is all of this stuff good and i just that, that was that was the point where i was like okay wait a minute <clears throat> because we know touch starvation is real <clears throat> You've just been sure. kissed for the first time ever. you would not be asking that question. Your body's imperative to be touched. You would have been ripping that man's clothing off <laughs> like that that would have that would have been better. like anything would have been better, honestly, but like like these people don't touch each other, and she finally gets to succumb to a physiological desire to touch someone yeah
1: she should they, they should have a, pulled away in like a different muscle car. like oh yeah here's here's another (laughs) this random muscle car is just
2: like pulls up
0: let her have another jinkies moment where she's like this is a another muscle car these are all the specs for it
2: yeah
1: just like the end of my cousin vinny
0: (laughs) couldn't have possibly been it Must have take those times all
2: right just anything anything better than oh by the way i'm just gonna violate your consent for no reason
0: yeah, I know we talked
2: about it earlier, but
0: she actually. So that was a good moment, though, when she, when uh, he tries to, to to push himself on her at first, and she's like, "Get the hell out of my my apartment."
2: Yeah, I I, I did I did appreciate that that she was able to set her boundaries with him. Although I don't know how all that would have worked in real life. But yeah, that's...
1: but at least it yeah. shows like a moment where you know she is taking charge over. This constant, like, opposite.
2: Yeah, I just kind of wish they followed through in the end. If he had asked, that would have been a great, that that would have been a great fucking hook. Right.
1: Yeah, that does save the ending, I think.
2: Oh, yeah, it totally would. (laughs) Because, like, the whole point is they're supposed to be, like, it's a buddy cop movie, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so the whole point is at the end, each cop is supposed to be influenced by the other in some way. One is more interested in social norms and the other is less interested in social norms by a relative amount. Mm
1: -hmm. So she should have kissed him.
0: Yeah. Like I said, she should kiss him or she should, like I said, this touch-starved woman who wanted to have sex with him in the middle of the movie should have absolutely ravaged him. There should have been no like he bends her over to kiss her in this weird, awkward angle. None of that. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. It's no. Like,
2: uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's... Uh, I, I have a counterpoint. There's absolutely no way that they have proper sex education in the world where you go to the lab to have children.
0: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely yeah. not. Like, it,
2: absolutely it, not. it could have been a big slot. Like, she could have just given him the worst and sloppiest kiss ever, and he goes, whoa, we can work on that. Or something equivalent, you know yeah. what I mean?
0: perfect sorry for cussing on your podcast no no you like, can no cursing is fine <laughs> no my god that would have been perfect because that would have wrapped up all of those jokes where he says close enough because he says exactly. close to all of her puns or all of her bad lines god that would have been good oh, that oh, would have been
2: fantastic
0: that would have been so good alright only we were <laughs>
2: cocaine fueled film executives in the 90s
0: I know it would have been rich by now <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I think that I think the I think that might I think we can't top that. So um, again, Carson Winsy and uh, Sarah Spear. Again, thank you both for for joining me tonight. It's been great. Of
2: course, always
0: happy anytime you need me. Thanks for having
1: me. Of course, of course, yes. And so uh, everyone can uh, listen to other episodes on your podcast app of choice and have a good one.